Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Woven, Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Woven. We're in the middle of our series on mothering, and we're calling it the four keeps of mothering. So we're talking about keep relating, keep laughing, keep caring, keep what else? Oh, creating. Creating. Keep creating. Mm -hmm. So what should we keep doing while we're still, you know, we're more than just moms. Yeah, can do other things yes. and we have to keep doing certain things for us. So one of the things we have to do is keep laughing. So today we have on my friend Christy Cuthbert. Christy and I know each other because our husbands went to business school together um, in Boston. That's why you say it. You don't actually say where you went to business school. You just say you went in Boston. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. people thinking about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we went to Absolutely. business school in Boston. And by we, we also did it too. Like they were in classes, but we were actually there too. So uh-huh. that's why we say we went too. Yes. So anyways, um, Christy's husband, Mark, and my husband, husband David went to business school together and that's how we met and did um we you know did book clubs and all those things together they had lots of things for spouses that's how we met and I've kept following her on um social media because she'll tell you in a second the makeup of her family but um because of the makeup of her family her stories are hilarious about (laughs) um about her children and I've just kept up with her at that because she's also a gifted writer and is working on that as well so that's why we're having her on so welcome Christy thank you happy to be here so Christy you know give us the Husband, kid, okay, sure. Uh, So I've been married. It'll be fourteen years this summer, which is crazy. I got married at (laughs) sixteen. Just kidding, but I did get married. I got married at twenty-three. So uh, fourteen years of marriage to Mark, and we have four boys. We have John, who's nine, and then we have triplet, five and a half year old boys, Tommy, Teddy, and Nate, who are going into kindergarten in fall, and I am one. Excited mama. We, uh, we've kind of, uh, since leaving Boston, we've, we left, moved in Chicago for nine years and we just moved down to Texas, uh, two summers ago. So this will be, uh, coming up on our second year here and, uh, we're down in San Antonio loving it. It's been a, a great move for our family. And is writing your background, Christy? Like, what did you do yeah. before kids? Y- yes. So back in the day before internet and podcasts uh, and Instagram, there were newspapers. And uh, <laughs> I majored I majored in journalism in college. And right out the gates, uh, started working for a few publications out in California where I grew up. Um, then, you know, Mark was in the military. So we moved around kind of bit, quite a bit. And I found some newspapers to work at, you know, throughout the travel uh, worked at the newspaper at Harvard Business School, and yeah. then uh, again in Chicago, and then kind of stayed home and um, had my babies for a few years. And in that time frame, you know the um, the platforms for media have changed, so um, it's been kind of interesting. You know, I've I've always kind of kept my foot in the door. I've freelanced here and there. I've I always held a column at um, one of our newspapers in a Chicago suburb where I lived. Um, so kind of just kept writing in a real minimal amount, um, to just, you know, always keep my resume going. And now that my boys are going into kindergarten, um, and I'm going to have a little more free time on my hands, I've kind of taken it back up, um, in a more fuller part-time position, I would say. Um, so I've been writing for, uh, Alamo city moms, San Antonio women's magazine, uh, scarymommy.com and the Today Show's um, parenting section called Today Parents. 
Yeah. And most of what gets picked up because, you know, a couple of those are local and then a couple of those, everybody that's listening will know, you know, everybody knows the Today Show. So they do have a blog. You can go find their blog. And and then, of course, Scary Mommy is quite popular and most people listeners probably know what that is. So mm-hmm. but you got the, you got picked up for those because of your stories that um, are full of humor. Like that's the humor, Great. I think. I mean, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the humor that you find in your parenting life that you get down on paper that attracted those those platforms correct correct so it's it's really funny in the writing world um you know i could i I have written pieces in the past that are very sentimental tear jerking you know pull on the heartstrings but they will never ever get the traction that the piece you write about that horrible woman in the target you know cashier line who, who said the wrong thing at the wrong time and when you spin off of that so many moms can relate and it just, it hits a chord with moms of young kids that just makes them laugh, makes them realize they're not alone, that, you know, their kids being nut jobs at the grocery store is, you know, the the same as so many other people. It makes it authentic and it makes it relatable. Um, And I think that's why those get so much traction. Yeah. Yeah. So have you always been funny, Christy? I mean, I know the answer to this question, but I'm like, you always (laughs) found humor in your life situations. I have always found humor in my life situations. I grew up in a really funny family. My brother's one of the funniest people I know. Um, I've I've always been kind of quick-witted and funny, but I, prior to having kids, took my life a lot more seriously. I've, you know, I'm, I'm working on a book right now um, called Mom, I Farted in Church. And <laughs> it's, a, it's the journey of being an incredibly type A person and going into like the chaotic world of mother-in-law and, or mother-in-law, motherhood. And, <laughs> that was not a Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah. And how do you learn to like live in the chaos and not let it completely consume you? Because right. motherhood for me, um, a lot of like anxieties that I didn't know existed presented themselves because I was, you know, I had a three and a half year old and newborn triplets and holy cow, how do I manage this all? How do I keep it together? Not to mention a husband traveling at the time. And just, you know, it, it really brought up things to me that I didn't know existed. I didn't know I had issues with anxiety. It all kind of came about after having children. And so prior to having my kids, I was just one of those very type A kind of control people where, okay, if, if I want something and I set my mind to it, I can make it happen. I can mm-hmm. work hard enough for it. I can do what it takes to make something happen. And then, you know, you have all these kids at home and that's just, yeah. you get them all dressed for a photo shoot. No, that ain't happening. They're not letting that happen. You know, it just yeah. that sense of control over things just completely goes away. Yeah. And um, that's where I really had to kind of start to learn to laugh at it all and not take it all so seriously anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So type A, I don't know anybody who's type A. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm super type A. So I can, I can relate. So are you you shocked that I'm type A? No, I thought you were like making a joke about me and I was like, I'm way not type A. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, so I'm super type A and I did not have triplets. So my story is a little bit different, but I do think having children just in Mm -hmm. general, like that life change, like you, you think you have this control over your life. Mm -hmm. Like you think you have, like, I've always been very like task oriented, goal oriented. There's, you know. A, a product at the end, right? You do right. this, this, and this, and then this comes to being, but that doesn't happen with kids. Like you right. can do X, Y, and Z, and then the product of that is not going to be Y always mm-hmm. most of the time. And so that is what I've struggled with. And so like, how do you move from that? Like, 
and even though you're not type A, you, I think you, you, she has twins. So she's, she's got Mm -hmm. multiples. And so, um, you, you, there is like an, uh, I'm sure a sense of out of control. Well, I was going to say, y'all are talking about being type A and how it's, but I feel like it's hard to be type B with kids. Like there are parts of it that are easier for me because I kind of naturally go with the flow, but like having to remember to buy diapers or oops, you're going to target at 10 o'clock at night, like stuff like that. I, I don't know. I think it's hard for all personality types in one way or another. I, there were definitely things where I was like, man, I really need to be more organized and just more like with it, you know? So anyway. Yeah. So no. But then no matter how much, how organized Christy and I are, they still, right. you know, yeah, they blow that all up. But so. when I come to Rebecca's house, I feel like I'm at MTV Cribs because I'm like, she has so many drinks. And like at my house, we're out of everything. And I always forget. <laughs> if you saw my house right now, like normally my house is actually very put together, but my kids are home all summer. So literally there's crafts everywhere. So my time yeah. is wonderful. It doesn't make you feel better that my house is a crap hole right now. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go back to your original question. Okay. My, no, I don't remember okay. what my original question was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so as I'm, I'm sure some people can, and people are going to be able to relate to you and we can talk that a second yeah. because I think anxiety is something we, we need, oh, to, yes, we need yes. to, we need to um, table that and talk about that in a second, but like sure. this like type a personality and then mm-hmm. taking it seriously. So I, this is where I struggle. Like my brain is constantly in what needs to get done and what um, do I need to do next? And how do I me- need to make my kids like be this type of person or whatever? And mm-hmm. I don't want to be like that, but that's how my brain works. And so I don't see levity and when funny things happen. What I see mm-hmm. is like that just didn't go right mm-hmm. or I didn't do something right or they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I'm not saying that yeah. I'm, I'm evolving in this, but like this is a struggle for me. So like how do you move from like – struggling with that to being able to see humor and everything like I, I a lot of funny things happen with my kids but I don't think to write about them because I'm just like that's annoying yeah <laughs> like yeah. I don't see the humor in it I think some I think sometimes the humor comes in the times where you could literally almost cry mm-hmm. and then it's just you just have to sit in it and and just say I'm gonna look back at this one day and laugh I just I'm going to because that's the only way I can truly get through this moment where my kid has taken off his diaper and wiped the thing all over the walls, all over his entire nursery. And I walked in and got hit with the smell like a cement wall. You know, it's like, I think the real turning point for me was the title of the book I'm working on, Mom, I Farted in Church. I have always, my type A kind of resonates with caring way too much what other people think of me. Yeah. And suddenly when you're the mom of, you know, four little boys, three of which are triplets who are pretty stinking cute. And you're out and about in public and stuff. I mean, in my little town of 18,000 in Chicago, we became somewhat of little public figures. I mean, everywhere we went, people (laughs) knew the Cuthbert triplets and wanted to know what they were going to be wearing that day. And it created this part of me that really just placed too much emphasis on what other people thought. And it went beyond, do their outfits match today? It went to, are they behaving? And I found myself, you know, in Target one day and they were doing something silly. It wasn't anything like horrendously naughty. It was just little boys being little boys. And it was probably our third air in that day. And they were just done. Like I shouldn't have taken them, but I needed cascade or whatever it was. I needed always a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, I needed that one thing and I just tried to push it too far. Mm -hmm. And I took them in there and they're being bad. And some lady turned to me and was like, you need to get control of your children, ma'am. I almost just hit that one with my cart. And I felt myself just you know, just this rush of embarrassment and anxiety inside and feeling like a failure as a mom. And I got in the car and I was just like, you know what? 
No, I don't. Like, they're five. Like, maybe you mm-hmm. should watch where you're going with your cart. Like, I think we often we we often forget their kids. Yeah. And we often forget that they're little and that it's okay for them to do this stuff. Doesn't mean it doesn't drive you absolutely insane. But mine are constantly doing it. And there's always one, like one out of the four is doing something that day. And so I've had to learn to just kind of laugh more at it. Like this concept of mom, I farted in church. I had all the boys ready to go into mass. And one of my little guys, he just has a lot of flatulence. And he just (laughs) looks at me in front of like the whole hall of people and very loudly announces, mom, I just farted in church. Do you think God heard it? (laughs) And it was this. It was this moment for me of like, I, I would have normally been embarrassed in that moment. Yeah. And it was this moment of clarity, like God probably dear, did hear it. And he's probably laughing right along with yeah. us right yeah. now. Like he's he not upset farting. that you just farted yeah. in church, Tommy, <laughs> you know, and unfortunately that's become his new thing as he likes to announce every time that he's farting in church. <laughs> but it was that moment of like, you know, when you, you start to take yourself too seriously as a mom, I guess, is when it gets sticky. Because it, when you sit back and you really look at the situations that are making you that upset or making you frustrated or, or you know, why, why are my kids doing this or that? And, and you really look at what they are. They're simple. They're small things. You know, is your child healthy? Is your child doing okay at school? Is your child making friends and, and just a happy person? Then you're doing a great job. Yeah, I you think know? this is like a generational thing for us too. Because it was funny, we were talk- I was talking to my parents the other day um, and we have not done swim lessons for our kids yet. We're doing them next month. They're four and a half year old twins. And um, my dad was like, swim lessons? Like, that's a thing? We just taught you to swim in the pool. And I mean, you know, whatever you feel about swim lessons, that's not the, but like the point is like, we make everything into like a thing in our generation, I feel like. And everything is so mm-hmm. extra and so major. And then we take our kids whole like, we make their childhood into a resume and it's like just this whole like societal pressure all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, so I don't think that's all entirely like you guys are so type A. I think a lot of it is just coming from outside too. And then yeah. your natural response to like my response to it is to shut down and be like, screw everyone. I'm just going to do my thing. You know, I'm not going to bend to your rules, which is not good either. But then like <laughs> some people try to meet all of the things and yeah. then that becomes a problem. So yeah. it's like, but I think that's going on, but it's funny because I feel like we're, our generation of moms were more um, hard on ourselves, but I feel like we're a whole lot easier on everyone else. Yeah. Um, there's this huge thing with our culture, our, our generation and social media, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a blessing and it's a curse. You can go on there any time of day and connect with friends, which our moms didn't have. Like, yeah. my, you know, they weren't talking to their girlfriends all day long while they were stay at home or doing whatever. They, they didn't have near as much social engagement as we all get to have. Um, at the same time, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. We're going on there every day and seeing what our friends are doing and the great vacation and the mm-hmm. birthday party they threw. And, um, you know, that can kind of eat away at you too. And then make you, you know, second guess what you're doing as a mom, which yeah. is not like, you know, my mom always says, you girls, like we didn't have any of that. Like sometimes yeah. you guys went to bed dirty from playing out in the street. No one thought twice about, you know, rubbing you with essential oils and, you know, the whole <laughs> five bedtime books. And like, you guys are putting extra work on yourselves, you know, because you're seeing what other people are doing where, where we never had that, you know? Yeah. My daughter so. the other day had, um, I had like painted her nails and it was chipping off and she had, um, helped me plant some stuff. So there was like dirt under her nails and someone said, Oh, it looks like she needs another manicure. And I was <gasps> just like, what she's four (laughs) she's four and like 
I'm sorry she like she I'm sorry my kid had fun in the dirt today like I feel like that was yeah. good you know but um yeah yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Little anecdote there. <laughs> I'm so mad about it. But that, this. but that's exactly it, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that, that comment is like so ridiculous, but it's, it, you have to learn to laugh at it. Yeah, you do. Like yeah. if that comment was said to somebody else, they'd be like, Oh my God, well maybe all the other little girls have manicures and maybe I need, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. if yeah. you're, if you allow it to get into your yeah. head, it can, you know, trip you up. But if, if you're the type of person that can be like, that's ridiculous, yeah. you know, then, then you'll move on better. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that, I think that's what's, I think that's, what's great. I, Cause not that I, I think a, one thing about humor is humor helps us, right? Like you were saying, we're, we're able to get yeah. perspective when we have humor, but I also think that when we share the humorous parts of our lives, mm-hmm. I feel like other people, it brings comfort to other people. So an example, I don't remember what story it was that you had posted when the twins were little. I don't know. It was somewhere in the two or three year old range or the triplets when, um, and I don't know, it was somewhere when they were in like the super naughty stage. Not that they're not naughty stage now, but it was like something, I don't know. It was something, was it the dresser incident? It may Where they rocked the television down? Yeah, when they rocked the television down. I remember oh, because my best friend has twin girls and she has two other girls. So she's got four as well, but the last uh-huh. two are, are twins and they're the same age as yours. And they're, she's like, they're like a month or two after your triplets. And I remember sending her a few of those stories when she was in the midst of that because I was yeah. like, I don't understand. I'm not a parent of multiples and I don't have older kids and then multiples on top of that. Like that's just yeah. a whole new set of crazy, right? And, yeah. and I, I I remember feeling like I don't have anything to give her. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm like, I don't have anything to offer her because my life is different than hers, but I can share a funny story from somebody else who can, can feel the way she does. So I think that yeah. when we, when we open up our lives to sharing the humor in our lives mm-hmm. then more people can like be like, Oh, so everybody does. Cause if I only saw the pictures of your sweet family, which your, your kids are gorgeous and you guys are like the picture perfect family when you actually take a picture all dressed up together. But if that's all anybody ever saw, right. You know, the highlights real. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. like that doesn't, there's nothing that people can't resonate with that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I have found in uh, the biggest thing for me with humor, it really boils down to authenticity. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, even when you're just forming friendships with other women, you know, you, you want somebody that's authentic, somebody that you can relate to, somebody that's going to be honest with you and self-deprecating. And, and you know, um, I always say, like, I, I wrote an article recently here in San Antonio where it was like, people don't want to hear about your perfect kale chip recipe. <laughs> they want to hear about how, you know, you were exhausted last night and your child, you know, climbed like the scaffolding of your kitchen to get the jelly bean jar down and, you know, chaos ensued. They want to see you as a real person because it's hard to relate to perfect because we're not perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But that's always been why I've shared the stories with my kids because I I wouldn't want to be my friend if all I saw was the highlights reel, you know? I mean, my, my kids take great pictures and then sometimes I'll post the one where we were trying to take a great picture and, you know, someone pulled their pants down. Like it's just, yeah. you have to keep balance with it and, um, and just laugh at yourself. I mean, I think that's some of the greatest friendships I've made in my life. And I have friends everywhere from like second grade. to like, I've made great friends here just in the last two years. It's because we're just real with each other and, mm-hmm. you know, can tell share things with each other that we can relate to. And we make each other laugh because life's too short to be serious. Yeah. 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 
I think it's, I, I think it's hard as, so it, it's hard as a mom in general to not like care what people think about you. But then there's some of us who's some of us in the room whose personalities that <laughs> lends itself even more to that. And so it's hard not to take ourselves seriously because we're constantly, okay, I don't have to say we, me, I'm constantly like feeling this need to put up a front, right? Like uh-huh. I can't, I can't, if I, if I'm too silly or if I don't take this I too like seriously. Yeah. But yeah. if we take, if we, if we're too, if we're too, um, too real, too real, then, then that also reveals something as well. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's and a really weird balance. It is a really weird balance because I, there are, you know, I do see blogs out there and social media accounts where they're like so real, like uh-huh. it's everything going on. But, so here's a question for you. Here's my yeah. question. So uh, <laughs> I, it just came to me. Sorry. As I was talking, um, uh, tra- uh, Truman contest here. Okay. So you do share stuff about your kids and you share really humorous things about your kids. Um, yeah. But then there there's oversharing, which I don't think you do. I'm not, I'm not saying that I do, you do a great job of balancing that. How do you find that line? Like, how do you find that line between question. between oversharing and sharing enough to, so people see that you're real? Yeah. You know, um, it, you just constantly have to keep in the back of your mind that, um, you know, social media in a sense is a permanent thing. And our kids are part of a generation that is going to grow up in these pictures and these things that you're posting, they're still going to be there. And there are a lot of things that are their story. And there are a lot of things that are my story as a mom. So I try to always focus on how what's going on affects me, um, you know, versus them. So like, for example, my oldest son um, has learning differences. He has very severe ADHD and dyslexia. um, And it's a constant struggle for him. I don't, typically write about him because that's his story to tell. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want him to grow up one day at 18 and find that I've, you know, exposed him for, you know, his differences. That's, that's his, that mm-hmm. he owns that, you know, I can talk about my experience as a mom, you know, navigating the system and, and trying to find my son the right helps, but it's, it's not my place to go into detail of his struggles. Um, and, and I see what you're saying about people who get real, real, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, um, it, it's truly like what every person's comfortable with. Um, and you know, people have to understand too, with social media, when you get a large enough audience going on, you're going to get negative and positive feedback, no matter what you post. And so you have to get to a place of vulnerability and comfort within yourself to accept whatever's going to come back at you. Cause I'll be honest when I, um, when my first article went on the Today Show's Facebook page, it was um, Dear Brittany at Register 6. It was a story about <laughs> this 22-year-old who decided to give me disciplinary advice at the checkout counter at Target. And it went awry, and I had, I had to vent. Anyway, it went on the Today Show's Facebook page, which is 6.6 million people. And, you know, as a, my 18-year-old journalism major student self was, like, jumping with joy. Like, this was, like, a career high for me to be on the Today Show's Facebook page. And I was just had this adrenaline rush at 9 a.m. when it's posted by four o'clock because I was that idiot girl that read the comments. I was like in a downward spiral spiral ready to drink two bottles of wine. Like I was just I could not believe the comments coming at me. You know, you're a horrible mother. Your children are brats. You know, what's this girl thinking? Clearly, she doesn't know how to raise kids. All these horrible, horrible things. And I had to sit there and just, you know, I talked to a few friends who have things published nationally and they were just like, you can never read the comments. Like, (laughs) welcome to the arena. Like now that you're getting to this level, 
you have to just accept that. No, I mean, you could literally post like, I love everyone and rainbow and glitter. And people will be like, oh, she likes rainbows. You know, what? <laughs> you know? I mean, no, literally, no matter yeah. what you put out there on social media, you have to accept, you know, that you're going to get feedback of any kind. Um, so I don't even know where we were going with that. Oh, I just but, like how I to share, lie. not under, like oversharing, undersharing that. Well, and that I think line. too, like in real life, like not just online, but like yeah. in real life too. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, we're just with your friends and your community and all of that. Yeah. 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 I try, yeah. I try to be kind of careful, uh, with regards to personal things that are going on with my kids. You know, if they're doing something funny or we went to get, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah, that's fine. But I won't post, you know, especially as they're getting older too, you know, when they're, when they start getting into middle and high school, they're not going to want their mama posting their picture every day. So, um, time will change that. I'm very, um, Rebecca, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I do not post a lot about my marriage. Yeah. Um, no, you don't. I love right. my husband dearly, but he's an incredibly private person. Yeah. I mean, he has like a Facebook, Facebook account and an Instagram. And I think he posts once a year to and wish me a happy Davis birthday. Like he's, yeah. he's not yeah. a big social media guy. He's very private. He doesn't like his life out. And so, you know, it's hard enough getting him comfortable with the small amount of things he's included in when I do, mm-hmm. you know, bigger press pieces. Um, but that's one thing, you know, everybody has their comfort levels and I hold my marriage very sacred. And so I, I try to be very cognizant of that when I'm writing and when I'm posting stuff. That's a really great point to remember that, and and not just your husband, but your kids are like humans, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we both have nine-year-olds and they're getting to, like, my daughter will say to me when I'm taking a picture or a video, she has started saying, is this going to go on Instagram? Mm -hmm. And so she, cause now she knows what it is. She doesn't have an Instagram account, but she knows what it is. And so she has started asking me, Uh are you going to text this to somebody? Are you going to put this on Instagram? is this going anywhere or is this just for you? And and she's thinking about that. So I have to be careful now because I can't, Uh I don't want to break her trust. So I do say, and like, she'll give me permission and then I'll put it on Instagram or she doesn't give me permission and I don't put it on Instagram. And so I think it, it, you know, I like, I like the delineation that you have between like the, the stories that affect you as a mother or you Uh as a person or things that you share, but if it's their stories, I have friends that, um, who have been through the adoption process and, and they've really struggled with this, like what part they share of that, how it's affected them to do adoption versus the story of their child, mm-hmm. which is their right. story to tell. Like, and that's, it's just, it really is a struggle to know yeah. what to share and what not yeah. to share. Yeah. Because you want to be open yeah. and real without like, you know, airing all the laundry. That's yeah. not yours. Yeah. Air, you know? Right. So Yeah. That could ultimately come back and harm somebody in some way down the line, you know? Yeah. For sure. Definitely. So we had talked about tabling anxiety. Yeah, Do you yeah, want yeah. to talk about that? Yeah, I think we should a little bit, if you're okay with talking about it. Christine. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so this is this is an interesting um, question because I think you're not the only person, we're not the only people that have um, maybe come across this and struggled with this. Like mothering, mothering brings out a new level of this, right? So yeah, I'm not a person who struggles with anxiety as a, as a whole, but there mm-hmm. are moments that I have noticed myself anxious that I've never found myself anxious in before. And I do know that Rebecca, that like, that is anxiety yeah. is something you have struggled yeah, with and mothering much. has yeah. brought that out in a different way. Correct. Yeah. I had, um, postpartum OCD. So I don't know if like you're super familiar Ooh. with that, but it was a doozy. And I had OCD. I still, I mean, I've always, I've not always had OCD, but I had it. And then of course, like when I had 
newborn twins, it morphed into focusing on that. And now that's over, thankfully, but it (laughs) it comes back here and there. Um, but yeah, so anxiety is like, it's a big part of my life. Yeah. 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 I, um, so I had a dream in the the triplets were in their first year of life. And, um, you know, we, Mark and I call those the dark ages. Like we were just going through the throes of just getting through each day. And, um, I had a dream one night that I was in a swimming pool with the three of them and the water kept rising up and I was fighting to keep all three of them above the water mm-hmm. as, cause you know, the bottom of the pool dropped out. Now I'm in the deep end and the water keeps rising and I'm trying to push these three babies up so they can breathe and stay on top of the water. And, um, it was just this like metaphoric dream for like what was going on in my life yeah. at the time that I just. I did not feel like I had control. I did not feel like I was like everybody was getting what they needed from me. And that's kind of been a continued theme for me for the last five and a half years, because I have four kids, like somebody always needs something. And it, you know, I get guilt over, or am I giving each one of them enough time? You know, I've gone to doing things where I take each one of them out of school for an hour and a half um, on a certain day to go have a date with me to just give them, I mean, they don't get half the one-on-one time that my oldest got with me for three and a half years, you know? And so I try, I do things like that to try to ease some of the anxieties, but, um, no, you know, it, it it can rear its ugly head. I, um, I call it the pressure cooker effect. Like, you know, every morning I wake up and I'm like, good morning, biggest smile, biggest hugs. I love you guys. Did you have the greatest night's sleep? And we chit chat and they they have their coffee, which is their milk. And I have my coffee and we talk and it's like the greatest start to the day. By bedtime, I'm like, get in your bed (laughs) or I'm taking your blankets and you're sleeping without, you know, it's like, it's like by the end of the day, I've got rage face because it just builds, right? It's like starts with like the milk being spilled at the table. And then it turns into somebody having a fit getting in the car. And then it's, you know, it just, it just, you know, builds and builds throughout the day. And then by the time my husband gets home from work, it's like, what you need dinner? You know, I'm just like, I'm a monster. So, um, I, a couple of years ago, pretty much like after the triplets were born, um, I fell into the cycle of a glass or two of wine a night to kind of calm the anxiety yeah. and, uh, it worked, worked beautifully <laughs> for a very long time until I started to realize, yeah, I don't have any anxiety tonight, but I still want that glass mm-hmm. of wine, you know? And so last fall I uh, met with a therapist and, um, kind of just went through some, some therapy to deal with the anxiety and, um, to break the habit. Basically yeah. I'm, I'm still able to, you know, have a glass of wine socially, but that was my whole thing was I don't want to be using it to cope. Yeah. I want to use it to go out for my girlfriend's birthday and celebrate, you know, um, it just turned into something that needed to be fixed. Um, but I've been told, uh, my GP a few years ago told me I actually don't have anxiety. I have a stress induced panic disorder, which comes from being with four little kids all day long. And I was like, <laughs> so what do you do with that? You know, I mean, I don't know. So, you know, I, I've, I've just learned as they're getting older, I, I do think now with them going into kindergarten and me being able to just have some time to breathe and yeah. relax and not feel like, you know, everything's always on top of me, that will help a ton. Uh, but there's just always going to be some level of it there, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and you just have to find ways, whether it's through therapy or through church or whatever it may be through talking with friends, find a way to cope with it. Cause you know, bigger kids, bigger problems. 
Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait till middle school. Yeah, I, 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 we're, we're just a couple years away. It's going to be super. I know. a girl going into middle school. Not that boys don't have their middle school issues because they do. But um, so how do you think humor has helped you? I mean, obviously seeing a therapist and all of the things that you listed are very important. And, and I don't, yeah. don't want to discount any of that. And I want people to feel that, that that is something that they need to be comfortable doing. But like, right. how, how has humor helped you? in that area as well. So that was one of the biggest things that came out of therapy for me was learning to laugh at things, learning Mm -hmm. to not take things so seriously. And so humor plays a huge part in helping me combat my anxiety every day. Um, You know, my kids are hilarious. They do nonsensical things all day long, every day. And, um, you know, half the time I want to be like, seriously, but I've started doing things. I realized I was yelling at them too much. Yeah. Um, and my voice was raised way too much. And so I've started just saying exactly what I was going to say when I was yelling, but like in monster voices yeah. or like car- <laughs> cartoon sounding voices. Um, and it still gets the point across to them, but then they're laughing. They're yeah. not fighting anymore or they're not, you know, not doing what I'm asking of them. Uh, just little tiny things like that, that can get them laughing. Um, yep. and get myself laughing and get us out of that headspace of like, Oh my God, I'm going to, you know, sprinkle yeah. you guys. What are you doing? It's like, boys, stop it. And they think <laughs> I'm Batman, you know? <laughs> so finding little ways to bring us to a place of laughter versus frustration has been really, really helpful in our house. And we do silly things. Like we, we played this, <laughs> we, we have an Alexa and like at dinner, they each get to pick a song after dinner. And it's usually like jingle bells and farts, <laughs> fart sounds. So like, we just do little things like this to kind of keep people, la- keep us all laughing and, and, you know, in a good mood in our house. Yeah, yeah. for sure. What were you going to say, Rebecca? Um, oh, I was going to say, it's also helpful to remember that like, they're not doing it to you. Like, yeah. I think I have to remind myself of that a lot. Like when they're just being crazy, like, you know, today and just <laughs> not listening to anything. I'm like, you know, they're not like, I mean, sometimes they are manipulative, but most of the time they're just being kids. Yeah. And like, I'm sure I irritate them all the time. Like I'm constantly messing up their flow if you want to look at it that way. So I feel like I have to remind myself of that a lot. And then I see the humor in it. Cause I'll think about them. Like, what was their plan for today? You know, what, what mm-hmm. was on Maddie's to-do list? And I like, I'll think about it and it'll make me laugh. And I'm like, okay, like chill out. It isn't that serious. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, For sure. For sure. Yeah. And you always see those quotes and, and expressions about, um, you know, just remember like they don't see you for your children. Don't see you for all of the things you do wrong. They love you no matter yeah, what, like yeah. to them, you're the most important person on the planet, you know? And it's so true. Like I could be yelling at my boys all day long. And then at dinner, they're just like, you're the best mom in the world. We love yeah. you. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, like they don't, they don't see the, the places where you feel like you're failing. Yeah. 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 Well, and I always tell people, cause I, you know, I have, you know, lots of friends who will be like, I'm totally screwing up my kids or what if I'm totally messing them up or, and I'm like, if you are worried whether you're messing them up, you're not messing them up. Right. Like, I mean, we all, I mean, like you said, we're, we're not perfect and we all mess up and we have, you know, we have times I have to apologize to my kids and we have those moments where we have to do that, you know, and, and we're messed up. And I think it's important to apologize to your kids and show them that, you know, you've messed up, but you know, they do, you're right. They remember the good things. Like, you know, 
I, it's funny, you know, you get your Mother's Day cards or the Father's Day cards and they read all the things that they love about you. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. so they, that stuff trumps like the bad day that mm-hmm. I had and threw her rainbow loom across the room and it shattered everywhere and I had to buy her a new one, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm seeing the rainbow loom right in front of me. That's why I'm saying it. But when I, <laughs> I've done that and I had to apologize and order a new one on Amazon, you know, and, but you know, yeah. I mean, she will probably remember that I threw her rainbow loom across the room and broke it, but She'll also remember all the times we sat and made Rainbow Loom together, yeah. and, you know, and so like yeah. those things that we do, that those good things trump those, those bad things. And we've had a joke about it. She was like, mom, remember that one time you threw my Rainbow Loom across oh, the Those room? are the best stories. And they are, yeah. you know, so well, yeah. So do you like, do you write things down? Like, how do you keep track of all the funny things? Cause I'm bad about that. And then I'll text a friend and they're like, you really should write these things down. I never do. So do you write things down? I don't typically, okay. um, typically cause I'm always writing. So, um, typically just if something really crazy happens, the thing with, um, Brittany at target, Brittany at register (laughs) six, I actually didn't write that until a year later. Um, I just, I was so heated in the moment. I was like, who is this chick? And then I was sitting down to write my first article for Alamo city moms. And I was like, what can I write about Brittany? And it just like came back to me. And I just wrote the whole thing about her. Um, often, sometimes I will put something in my phone. Like if it's going to be the kind of article that's like, I have one called how to raise liars and thieves. And it's about all the stuff my kids have stolen throughout our house throughout the years. Um, and like things, they, they like siphon things. Like they, they steal my purses, they hide vegetables, places, stuff like that. Um, occasionally like I'll start a list in my phone, but I'm telling you, I mean, I've got like <laughs> some of these memories are scarred in my mind. So they're pretty easy to recall. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. That's, so, so speaking of funny things, what happened when you found out you were having triplets? Oy. Um, so yeah, so we were trying for a second and got three. Um, <laughs> I had a really difficult time getting pregnant, both with John and with the triplets. Um, really like seven years of fertility journal journey. Um, and we, I had told my husband, this is the last time we do it. Like we will look into adoption, surrogacy, anything else. Like I can't go through this process again. And went in, found out we were pregnant, um, you know, with like the beta number. And I went in for an appointment at six weeks and they were like, um, all right, let's go back and get an ultrasound. And I'm like, Oh, so this is happening right now. Like I didn't have my husband, anybody with me. So I go back there and she's just like, I see one, I see two, I see three. And I was like, what? She's like, you have triplets. And I just immediately started panicking because my doctor prior had told me, like, I'm only 5'4". She was like, you're not going to have the stature to carry triplets. You'll be on bed rest for nine months and it's very risky and blah, blah, blah. Um, And this little Eastern European ultrasound tech, I was like, I can't carry triplets. And she's like, ma'am, we've had like five foot 94 pound women in here carry quads. You're going to be just fine. (laughs) And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be just fine. And that was another one of those times where um, the type A kicks in. Like Mark and I just said very early on, we're not going to worry until they give us a reason to worry. Like, let's just keep getting to each next doctor's appointment, do everything they tell us to do and pray. And, you know, hopefully it all turns out great. And it's exactly what happened. And I, I didn't stress. I mean, I worked up until 10 days before I went in the hospital. Wow. Um, and just, you know, kept moving and shaking. It was hard for my oldest. He was three. He didn't quite understand what was going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were just, we were blessed. They, I made it 33 weeks. They were only in the NICU a few weeks. And, um, yeah. 
and then the reality set in when they came home. <laughs> so do you, so what, I need to hear some funny stories because Rebecca has funny stories and then my best friend has twins too. So like multiples mm-hmm. just like attract a new level of like paparazzi, if you will. And then mm-hmm. like, I, I can imagine with triplets, that's just, because that's even more rare than twins, right? Yeah. So yeah. what are some of the funniest questions you've gotten? Because those are my favorite. <laughs> the one that, the one that always kills me is, are they all yours? And then like, well, they're all in the cart dressed the same. So do you think I just like went next door? Like, Hey Karen, yeah, I'll take your baby to Costco and dress them like mine, you know? And then uh, people, people always inappropriately ask if they're natural, which I just think is like the lamest. Like, are they robots? No, they're they're human beings, you know? (laughs) And it's just, it's just such a invasive question, you know, like, do you want me to give you my OB's number so you can talk about my fertility, (laughs) you know? Um, I had a father at a karate class ask me if I breastfed all of them, which was super awkward. Um, you know, like, thanks, Greg. You know, um, what else? We, my sister and I were at a park with them when they were like, they weren't even walking yet. And a group of tourists pulled up like in a tourism van and they swarmed my kids and were trying to pick them up. And my sister literally, like, they didn't speak English. And my sister literally had to pull one from a woman's arms. I say it was like getting a TV at Walmart on a Black Friday. Like, she yeah. literally had to, like, pull uh-huh. the baby from the woman. We're like, these are children, yeah, you know? You can't just touch them. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, funny uh, to oh, me. And- I feel like that you and my best friend who has twins and then you talking about this, like my kids didn't ever really get touched that much. Um, and when they were babies, um, and I have two single births and, but that's happened to you, right? Oh yeah. Penny, um, my daughter, do you know what a hemangioma is? Uh Okay. So she had one of those on her, it's still there, but it was like right here. Y'all can't see me, but it was on her like next to her mouth. So it was like pretty visible and it got really big. Like we had to, we ended up, going to Emory and like intervening and she had to be on like a beta blocker and it was like a whole thing, but she was fine and it was benign. It just kept growing. So, um, people would literally poke it on what? my, like, yeah, they would be like, what's that? Like in the grocery store. And I was like, don't touch my baby, go away. I am so tired of saying the word hemangioma because people would ask me all the time, like, what's yeah. that thing on her face? And I'm like, what's that yeah. thing on your face? Like, <laughs> and it would just make me yeah. so angry. Oh, it's your face. And then once it, you know, but you know how it is. It's like, once they start with one question, then they have like the yeah. other 10 they were dying to ask. And you're like, this isn't, I, I have like 10 minutes till nap time and you need to stop talking yeah. to me because I need groceries. Yeah. You need to look up this article. It's on, it's on the today show. It, I wrote it. It's called you do you Shirley and frozen foods. <laughs> and it's, it's literally about this topic yeah. because a woman named Shirley tried to talk to me for like 20 minutes yeah. at Costco and it's hard. Everybody wants to, and I know people are friendly, but good Lord, you've got like three babies in the cart. You yeah. need to get out, you know, yeah. before they lose it. My, uh, my triplets were in a preschool up in Chicago and their teacher was requesting they kiss her on the lips. And I saw it a couple of times and I told them not to. And then she continued to go up to them like, good morning. And like oh, purse weird. her lips. And I had to like talk to the administration about it. Oh my gosh. I'm like, these are my kids. And this crazy lady smooching on them every morning. It was, it was bizarre. People are crazy. People are crazy. The natural question yeah. is my favorite. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. breastfeeding is my favorite actually. Cause they're like, how do you do it? And you're like, yeah. well, you're like, do you want to see? I know, I'm like, let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, my friend that, oh, I guess you probably get this too because you've got four boys. Like, so my friend with the four girls gets the question of, well, are you, do you think you'll try for a boy? Oh, yeah. No, I just got a, a painter was at my house two days ago and he was like, are you going to have another? I was like, no. He's like, well, you're young. You're pretty. You could still have another. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I will go to Betty Ford if I have another child. Like, <laughs> no, there, there's only a level of psychological ability here, and it is maxed out. Like, well, it's a good I'm, thing you're pretty because that really enables childbearing. Yeah, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> but to preface, his name was Guido, and he was about 83 years old. So, good old Guido so was paying paying this 37 year old oh a little God. compliment. That's oh hilarious. These people. Okay, so book writing. Yeah. To go in. Yeah, going through the process. I um I decided my New Year's resolution this year would be to to finally take a bunch of the stuff I've written and compile it into a book. Um, primarily to kind of have something to give my boys one day to show them how ridiculous they made my life for a long time. Um, <laughs> And really, um, just, I, I didn't, I was originally just going to compile a bunch of my articles and, and then I kind of thought about what I was going through, you know, during the fall and how, you know, that lack of control and that anxiety and that those type A characteristics are so common in so many moms. And there's really not a book out there about it, mm -hmm. um, that also makes people laugh. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so I decided to kind of take that as the theme of, um, you know, I went with mom, I farted in church cause that's kind of what you know, started it all, started me looking at things, laughing more. And, uh, that's kind of the theme throughout all the chapters is, okay, this crazy thing happened. My three-year-old was feeding his infant brothers pennies and calling them piggy banks. How do I take that <laughs> and laugh from it and not lose my ever loving mind? You know? Um, so that's kind of the concept for it. I'm, I'm going, I'm, my manuscript's about 90% done and I'm, you know, it's a slow process, but yeah. hoping to have something out in the next year. And if it, gets in the hands of one other mom that's going through it and makes them laugh, you know, for a few days while they read it. Yay. <laughs> I know. Cause that's what we need. Like we have the instincts to deal with most of the things, but what we need is a sense of community and mm -hmm. so I love it. Yeah. Will you come back and you know how like David Sedaris used to go on this American life and read his essays? Yeah. Will you come back and do that on our, on our podcast? Will Absolutely. Be That'd be a blast. That'd be really that, would, fun. that would be really fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, David Sedaris. I love David Sedaris. Like He's I mean, so great. He's yeah, so good. So Speaking good. of humor, Speaking if you of need some humor, humor writers, go read some essays. Well, yeah. we'll definitely leave yeah. a couple of your um, articles, articles for sure. yeah. in our show notes and then great. social media. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Well, thank yeah. you, Christy. And then when your book comes out, you know, one day when you're big and famous and talking to Oprah about your book, we'll, um, oh, we'll have you back Lordy. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate okay. being on. I love listening to Woven. Thank Thanks. you, Christy. Appreciate it. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye. Bye.